Hi, my name is John Garfield. It's uh, June 6th, 2016. <laughs> Last week we uh, kind of summarized our trip to Poland, or at least the emphasis of it. The, it's hard to convey the experience of it in a newsletter, but it was very profound. So I want to continue with one more aspect of that. I'm still downloading kind of what happened in my own heart. So we summarized the theme from uh, the trip in last week's newsletter, and this week uh, I want to go a step farther. So just in summary, we in nations have a book that contains our destiny, Psalm 139. Kingdom is learning what's in that book, choosing it, fighting for it, and inheriting our land. It's not complicated. The warfare that's involved in inheriting your destiny takes on sort of a courtroom setting. The accuser of the brethren is the prosecuting attorney, Revelations 12. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy and sort of our defense and our direction, Revelations 19. And our father is the judge. Um, he's also a loving, loving father. That doesn't characterize who he is, but he does play that role um, in the sense of warfare. So enemy accusations usually have an ingredient of truth that must be put under the blood of Jesus' forgiveness. And then we have to speak what Jesus is saying about us or, or sort of verbalize his testimony about our lives or our destiny. So what is written in our book is so precious and exciting that we seek it first and give our lives for it. Listen to uh, Revelations 12 verse 11. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They did, they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. And I don't think we're really being asked to be martyrs right now although that's not off the table, <laughs> I think we're being asked to live our lives for Christ um, and to make a difference in our cultures. So it's not hard to hear the accuser and raise, uh, that, who raises issues over our lives. Now we know what to do about them. The next question for leaders and prophetic people is, what do I do when I hear an accusation against someone else that is legitimate? And then the choices, there are three choices. We can confront them, we can expose them, or we can pray for them. So I want to suggest the third one. <laughs> so standing in the gap is uh, the reality that, you know, confrontation, no matter how loving or sincere, has significant limitations. The first one is that we're not the Holy Spirit with the power to change people. <laughs> Just because we point out problems doesn't make pe people change. You have to be a pastor to really appreciate that. The second one is repeating the accusation does sound prophetic, but it usually carries the stigma of a word curse and does more harm than good. So when we do that, it's simply gossip, and we're simply voicing the legal logic for why people's dreams can't come true. That's, that's what the devil does. Um, they really need, those people really need to hear what's in their book and find freedom from their captivity. They don't need more religious condemnation and intellectual suggestions on spiritual diets that will improve their piety. Uh, God does not need more sheriffs in the kingdom. One accuser is plenty. <laughs> so listen to Ezekiel 22, verse 30. I look for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it, but I found none. That's Ezekiel 22:30. First John 5.16, if anyone sees his brother commit a sin that does not lead to death, he should pray and God will give him life. Hear how simple that is? How clear that is? John 20 verse 21, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. 
And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Can you imagine the level of power that we have in intercessory prayer that sort of remains on the table? That's what's really excited about this. So we've been using this combination of coaching and, and intercessory prayer um, to make a huge difference in lives. I, I'm, I'm just really excited about it. So the concept of standing in the gap for another is just like pl- praying for ourselves. When I am accused, I receive whatever truth is there. I agree with my adversary quickly and place it under the blood. That involves forgiveness and repentance. And then I'm giving voice to Jesus' testimony about my life. Isn't that simple? Okay. So Matthew 5, verse 25, says, Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still on, with him on the way, or he may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. I tell you the truth that you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. So when we try to skip past forgiveness and um, ignore something, we, we never get away with anything. That's the importance of uh, personal repentance, and that's the power of intercession for other people. So when I see another person miss the mark, they may not be in a position to respond to the Lord. So I am simply interceding on their behalf. I'm hearing the truth of the accusation. I'm putting it under the blood, and I'm giving voice to Jesus' testimony regarding the wonderful things written in their book, which are due in the future. And if necessary, I'm repenting on their behalf. I'm asking on their behalf for Jesus' forgiveness. And I'm exercising faith to hear and believe what's written in their book before they can. I'm covering for them until their heart is healed enough to do it themselves. And their relationship with Jesus is real and alive. And when I see them, I'm verbalizing their bright future in the kingdom instead of their failures either in their past or present or both. So listen to uh, Galatians 4, verse 19. My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. That's Paul giving this fatherly um, statement to people he works with that he's praying for them uh, until Christ is fully formed in them. Now that suggests that they may not even be saved. or If they are saved, they have not outworked uh, their own sanctification, their own, they haven't got their act together yet. <laughs> so let's take this one step up. Uh, let's talk about nations. The Jews in Israel crucified Jesus. There isn't much doubt about that. And notice that while Jesus is still on the cross, he put their action under the blood so that they could be forgiven. And he said these words in Luke 23, verse 33 to 36, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And this, this phrase was uttered while soldiers were casting lots for his clothes and people were mocking him. Amen? It's powerful. Intercession reflects the heart of God's love for people and nations. You know, we too were all on the wrong team at one time. <laughs> Yet God came and found us in spite of all that. And we can do the same for others. It is the nature of God to be merciful, loving, and gracious. The accuser of the brethren is the one who's legalistic. So this whole idea of having to be stringent and legalistic is is all um, sort of a a demonic 
uh, hold on our lives that has to be broken. It's not God that's legalistic. Uh, Romans 5, verse 8, But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In 2 Peter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some count understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's the nature of our Father. Okay? So we have this incredibly great power and influence and intercession to pull people and even nations into their destiny. Whatever accusations and failures are blocking them from God's favor can be removed and forgiven. And whatever is written in their books can be read and prophesied. Notice that Moses intercedes for a nation based on what's written in their book. He's simply quoting the great plan that God has for his people. He just read their book. He knew what was coming, what was in the Father's hearts for them. And that's the way he prayed. And uh, so in Exodus 32, verse 11, it says, But Moses sought the favor of the Lord. O Lord, he said, Why should your anger burn against your people, whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn your face, turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, who you swore by your own self. And, and this is their book. This is what um, Moses is quoting in prayer. It says, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants all this land I promised them, and I will be their inheritance forever. In other words, God's... You know, God's plan for them was he himself would be their inheritance forever. Amazing. And then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. Now, why not? Because this accusation of the enemy was satisfied. It, it was dealt with in, in terms of intercession. Israel didn't really change anything, but Moses stood in the gap on their behalf and made a difference. So he forgave me when I didn't deserve it. God did. <laughs> and I can personally forgive others when they don't deserve it. I can exercise my will to do that. Now I can intercede and ask God's forgiveness for others even when they don't deserve it and don't ask for it. I can open their book and I can see the promise of God on their lives and release the favor to make it happen. It's very powerful and it's totally rooted in love for people, for businesses, for nations, and for the kingdom. Amazing. And what I want to suggest to you is that um, this is a key to the kingdom. Listen to Matthew 16, 16. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So the, the idea of coaching is, you know, we deal with heart boundaries and, and that kind of stuff. And that, that's fairly easy to grasp. You know, most people don't do it yet, but <laughs> it's not hard to grasp. But this idea of intercession coupled with that to understand what's in your destiny and if there is anything holding, your, holding you back, knowing how to deal with it. That's so powerful. There's such an anointing on this. I mean, we've been praying for individuals over the last uh, weeks and months and, and just sharing this in Poland with, with both individuals in four different meetings. And uh, I was just amazed at what happened. Very profound. God bless. Have a great week. Love you.